podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's got to 2-2 two, two, and we've still got more than half an hour to go and here's Ozil. Lacazette. Ozil! Go! Hello, welcome to another Tashi Gouda's podcast. My name is Lewis and I'm joined by, uh, we've got German Dan and we've got Shabs. Gentlemen, how are you? Boy, I'm I'm still drunk off that uh, NLD win on Sunday. I can't lie to you, man. It's been it's been a nice week. It's been a nice week. Yeah, yeah. Same German for DZ. me, man. I'm, I'm just I'm just happy, man. You know, they said we better win, and guess what? We won. We won. <laughs> and to top it off, we've I've just watched ninety minutes of uh, United winning. And then suffering a the last minute equaliser to Crystal Palace. So, you know, they they they, they said they were coming for us, you know. Well, mm. set and Man United fans, they were telling, hey, we're coming for you guys. But let them come. Alas, alas, big let big victories come. aren't for everyone, you know. Big victories. Yeah. But yeah, enough about them. It's, it's, this is the this is the Tashi Gunas show, right? Um, we're here to talk about all things at Arsenal. And, you know, it's Another W, another comfortable win, you know. Um, just want to get you guys' thoughts basically heading into the game. Where you know, I, I, I'll have to admit, I'm sitting here quite smug, and it might come across as you know, I'm a bit of a nasty person, and I, I am to be honest. But um, yeah, it's you know, um, I, I I did feel a bit of apprehension before the before the game. You know, these games, we never know what they can throw up. You know, you could be the best team on the day and still lose. You could be the worst team on the day and, and win. Um, you know, you don't always get what you deserve in a in a North London derby. Um, I had no hesitance about us, you know, playing well in the game and, and showing up. But I think some of the demons from last year and previous years have still kind of like stuck in my system. And um, I was a little bit apprehensive. And before the game, I, f- I-, I would have actually taken a draw. Um, but Shabs, what was your feeling um, heading into the game? No way. I was super confident. I was super confident. Um, and for me, it's, it's I have a lot of faith now in this side. It's been there for a while. It hasn't just come. But I've had a lot of faith now in the way that we play football, in our approach to games in Arteta's approach to big games. And um, and also, I look at Tottenham and I watch them play and I watch their performances and I don't think that they are a particularly good side. Um, they've got... They still have quality. They've still got quality players, actually, um, across the park, but I don't think that they play um, a particularly entertaining or even effective brand of football. I've been saying that their, their style of play is not sustainable. 
pretty much since the start of the season. People say that they started the season well. I don't think they started the season well. Um, I think that they've been um, going into games, getting into it, um, going under and then finding a way to get a result. So, um, whereas it's very different for us and we control games and we seem to find ways to break teams down. We create lots of chances um, and we score goals. So I was very, very confident going into this and I felt that we would get the three points at White Hart Lane for the first time in a long time. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy it came to light. German Dan, what about yourself, man? I know, I know you've been feeling ultra positive this season, um, but did you have any like North London derby uh, jitters heading into the game? A little bit, yeah, a little bit. I'll be honest, it's, it's the North London derby. You always feel that kind of apprehension, you know, where you feel like, you know, this is the game where you could start well and then somehow they score one goal and the game goes to shit. And we've seen this in the past. Um, but I did have, you know, some positive feeling before this game. I just felt like the team is just different. And this year, you know, beating Liverpool, um, the way we've beaten Chelsea as well quite easily, like just some of these big games, even Spurs at home. I mean, we always beat them at home. Um, but I just felt like this team is super strong, super confident, especially in the away games. We've been really strong, like Brentford away. It's been a stumbling block for a lot of teams. We went there, smashed them up, you know, light work. So I kind of felt like, you know, the, our strength has been starting the game strong. If we start this game strong, get one goal, I think Spurs are going to have a tough time getting back into it. And um, that's exactly how the game actually went. Um, and we actually scored two goals. So um, And we could have probably scored more, you know. So I think that first half was, was really, really some of the best football I've seen us play, given most of the occasion. Like, it's one of them games where I feel like people were waiting for Arsenal to slip up away at home, and not, I'll say away at home, you know, away to one of the big rivals. Um, it's one of the easy games where you can say, ah, oh, a title challenge or, you know, someone that's going for the title should be winning these type of games or at least getting a draw. So I could tell from the commentary, for example, Gary Neville was itching. He was itching for us to slip Oof. up. I need to hear his thoughts after tonight, by the way. Sorry, go on, Dan. Yeah, he was just, you know, you know what you can tell? This is one of these games, like, where people are starting to say, like, actually... I need to, you know, whatever agenda I've been running in Arsenal, I need to rein it in because I'm just going to end up looking stupid. So, and I think this is the game where it turns the tide, I think, where people are starting to say, listen, Arsenal, they're serious, man. They're serious. And um, I, I'm actually even more confident now going into that United game, which is going to be at home. Mikel has a week to prepare for it. Like, we're going to win against United. And then people are really going to be like, fucking hell, we expected you guys to drop points against Brighton. Expected you guys to drop against Newcastle, which we did, but we smashed Newcastle, to be honest. We should have got a penalty and should have won that game. People thought we drop against Spurs and people thought we drop against United. And we've gone through all those games, coming back with, what, like, you know, 10 points, when people thought, oh, you guys are lucky to get six out of this. Um, and mm. we probably should have got 12. That's really going to be um, interesting. And then on the, on, the same, on the same page, you know, you look at City and they drop in points to Everton. Dropping points to United, not even just dropping points, they're losing, losing. to United. So, sorry. and then losing to New- I mean, Southampton is not in the league, but they've lost, they're, they're not in good form right now, City. Mm. Uh, they lost to Southampton as well. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, on this game, man, I'm just super happy we've done, we done it. And the fashion, the, you know, the manner and fashion we did it in is important as well because it's, it, sets, it sets the signs, you know, like these guys are not getting lucky in games. They're convincing and they're winning games because they're dominating them. 
Yeah, I mean, let's talk a little bit about the game anyway, because if there's anything that's been like a very, very um, common theme with us this season is the ability to get the early goal. Um, and, you know, the game started off quite balanced, but I thought the time we had scored, we were well in the ascendancy. Um, I thought Saka was getting the beating of Sessegnon. Um, um, I thought Erdegaard looked really good to start as well. Um, and I think... That that goal was our thirteenth goal in the league this season within the first thirty minutes. You know, um, you know, you you put those things into context. That's a huge. It's quite a huge portion of our goals coming in the opening thirty minutes. Um, I think it's probably how many times have we scored first? Pro- like I don't. Uh, uh, let me see. Actually, I, I think it's, that's it's it. got to be the majority of our games. Yeah, 14, yeah. 14 out of 18 games, we've scored the first goal, you know, yeah. and, you know, th- those are important things when, you you know, you're going to win games. And, you know... And it, and sorry, Lou, in one of those games, yeah. we didn't score at all, um, which mm. was the Newcastle game. Yeah. Um, in the other game, we drew the Southampton. Was that 1-1, the Southampton game, or was that 0-0 as well? 1-1. That was one all. So they scored, did they score first when we come back, maybe? Um, I'm not even sure. I'm not even sure. And it was then, the and, West. And, 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 um, I think I can't remember the game we came back in. Was it West Ham? Yeah, but we've got a good we've got a good record of of even when we have gone under this season, we've 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 come back. What we're showing this season is we're keeping our heads. Is 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 the point I'm trying to make? And then in the other game, so you said 13. In one game was goalless. Uh, one game was a draw, and the other game we. Um, we lost anyway the United game as well, but we still scored first yeah. in that game as well. We scored we? first in that one, yeah. so yeah, that's yeah. probably yeah, yeah, that's the only game so, that we haven't gone on to win. I think by scoring oh, yeah. first. I think, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, 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 no. Of course. Um. So, like, I thought we st- we started the game really brightly. Um. You know, Eddie had that first chance. Um. And I think it was really important to, <clears throat> um. Really put Spurs under pressure. And, you know, that first chance came because, you know, Lloris was very shaky. And I think that that kind of set the trend for the game. We noticed that um, the Spurs defenders must have noticed it. Um, you know, obviously, Eddie missed missed that chance where, you know, Lloris had a hesitant goal kick and, um, you know, maybe should have scored. But it did. the ball did take quite a long way to come down. But, you know, that didn't... It could easily have been one of those games where it's like, oh, we've had our chance now. We didn't take it. Spurs got up the other end and scored, but we didn't. We kept playing. And within the next five minutes or so, Saka's going down the right, crossed it in, goal. You know, um, Shab's like, how much credit do you think um, Saka needs to take for, for those goals? And, and just in general, like his big game goal contributions as well. I saw a stat earlier where for players under 22 or somebody has got like the second most goal contributions or something. Oh, yeah. I mean, absolutely. We're, we're, we're going to get to the um, Saka propaganda very shortly um, in terms of his contribution in big games. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that. And if I miss it, I'm sure my good brother, German Dan, will will will, will, will um, pick up, the, the, fill in the gaps. But um, yeah, he deserves massive credit, man. And for me as well, I believe in um, forced errors. You know, it's not a metric... It's not a metric that um, is, is is measured big time in football, but in other sports, definitely it's a metric that's considered forced errors. Forced errors 
leading to goals. And, you know, between Eddie, Martinelli, Saka, what these lot do is they, as, as, as well as being very accomplished when they're attacking, when they don't have the ball, they harass you. You know, they really do harass you. They really, really do get up you, get 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 up at you, get on you and whatnot. So I believe in forced errors. Um, I believe Saka deserves loads of credit, of course. You know, he gets the ball. We've seen this happen time and time again. This has been a feature of his game now. Um, people criticised him for not having any post moves, for not having any 1v1 moves. Um, you know, uh, the word got back to Saka. Saka said, OK, wait there, let me show you something. These men, these men have all seen that, you know. So, and he continues to do it, and he continues to do it in big games. He had the courage. He took his man on, like you said, dude. He had the beating of Sessegnon all game, all game. They didn't want him there. It was so bad that the, the resort into fouling Saka, um, especially in the latter part of that first half, was ridiculous. It was every time he touched the ball it re- after the second goal, it reached the point where they would just foul him. They would just bring him down. Um, but yeah, he was very brave. Um, got across his man, got the beating of his man, put it across um, on his right foot, and it was direct. And I think it, I think it did take a nick off of someone, didn't it? It took a slight nick off of. Off of uh, yeah, it was but still. It was enough for Lloris to have dealt with, and um, he couldn't deal with it. And no one should be surprised by that either, because this is Lloris, the the mm. keeper, has. That's the one keeper that's got a mistake in him. He's had a mistake in him for the longest time. You know, even when you look at him for um, Leon, you know, he couldn't claim his crosses. Um, he was dropping catches. He was fumbling stuff. Um, he, he's been a fantastic sweeper keeper for some of his career, but in terms of his handling, not fantastic. In terms of his shot stopping, not fantastic. And and this is what we saw in terms of the two goals. So, yeah, I think Saka deserves definitely deserves big credit for um, for kind of forcing and capitalising on that situation and and putting the ball in a tricky zone. And Lloris really had to deal with something that should have been bread and butter for him and he couldn't. And we score and that's the end of it. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and then after that, it's a case of like, you know, you really want to go and score the second goal because... Um, we know how, hey, listen, even a 2-0 lead, it was feeling a bit, I didn't like it. But <clears throat> I think when you're in the ascendancy in these games and you feel like everything's going your way, German Dan, um, it was very important to get that second goal. And, you know, we've got it in good fashion again, man. Like, Erdegaard again to the, ah, what a player. What a player. Talk to me. Yeah, I mean, that second goal, um, and I said this on the, the spaces that we've had, it was like, Erdogan really took responsibility this game. Um, he started sharp. He was ready. You could tell he was ready to play, uh, ready to compete. And um, that second goal, you know, first of all, brilliant play by Partey. You know, that touch um, looks a lot easier than it is. He's taking a touch under pressure. It's completely off balance. When you watch it back, he's completely off balance, basically falling down. But, you know, the way he passes that ball, that that ball is clean and very, very nicely weighted into Saka's path. You know, certain midfielders, I'm not going to say any names, but, you know, they they might be fully, you know, on control of their body, you know, not, nothing off balance. And they're hitting the ball into the shins of their, their, their teammates or, you know, ending up games 66, 62, 63% pass accuracy. Boy, you know, scary stuff. Yeah, very scary stuff, you know. 
So Thomas Partey off balance, you know, still finding his teammate on the run and with good weight on the pass. And then Saka, obviously. And Saka, Saka makes good decisions, you know. I know people sometimes say maybe he needs to be greedy or stuff like that, but I think he just makes the good decisions. Like in that situation, I think some forwards would try and maybe take on that man or, you know, go on the outside, go on. You know, they'll try maybe try to do something more individualistic, but Saka recognizes situations and recognizes, hey, this in this situation, it's not for me to shoot, it's for Udegaard to get the ball once he arrives into that space. And then he kind of delays the man a little bit, then plays the ball, Udegaard touch, finish, you know, game over, um, game over. And that was a very good move. And that move describes this team. You know, we can play when you are sitting deep and you are you camped in, in your own and uh, um, you know your own box. We can play around you and find ways of unlocking you. But if you try to press us, boy, you better be ready that we're gonna play two free passes under pressure. We'll get out of that and we'll find a way to get a shot off um, from the moves. I think we are super effective that when we play for the press, when we get away from um, the opposition when they try, you know girls into tricky situations that we actually end up with shots on target a lot of times. Um, we don't score every single time, but we get the shot on target. And that's something I've recognised. Um, with Eddie playing or Jesus playing, we, we, we end up doing that. And um, yeah, I think that, 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 that second goal really shows that we are we are threat. We are, you know what, I think in basketball you said dual threat, right? We are, we are threat <laughs> with the ball. And also without the ball, because, you know, um, we can do it both ways. So, And on Udegaard, um, I said that on the spaces, that's, that's where I was going, going to. He, he really took responsibility before the game. He just seemed super calm. Like they, they asked him in the tunnel, you know, what do you think about City dropping points against United? And honestly, he didn't even, he didn't even blink. He just said, we don't mm-hmm. care. We don't care about these other teams, man. We just do our own thing. We do our own preparation. We go into these games. We want to win every single game, and that's that's how we move. That's it. And then he went My on captain. the pitch. Exactly, went on the pitch, scored a screamer. You know. Mm. Um, so yeah, um, top performance from him. I think. I think what I recognise with Budigat now is, or now I, I always felt he was a chance creator, but I don't actually think he's. He's like, he's. I don't think he's a he's a pure chance creator. I think he creates chances to a high level. He can do that, but he does a lot of duties of the um, that a midfielder does, like controlling the play, being available, um, also a lot of defense. He gets through a lot of defensive work. So he is, I think he's probably more of a midfielder than he is a 10, which is why he plays eight for us, to be fair, um, in terms of what he actually does on the pitch. Like, in terms of chances, he, he probably leaves every game with like three, four key passes. But mm. then, you know, he's not going to create eight or nine chances. That's not his bag, but he might score. And create four, five good chances. So I feel like he's re- a really, really complete player. Really, really yeah. complete player. Or, or, um, or he's, he does seem to be involved in practically every chance that we do create, though. It might not be yeah. the final pass, but it might be like a little clever move, like a clever movement out with the ball, a little clever dribble, a nice pass inside to this player to make the chance. It could be all the, all of these things that he just seems to be involved in, like every facet of our play. And you know, defensively as well, he's he's just so good. You know, yeah. he doesn't shirk any responsibility. You know, yeah. I, I I watched a a clip where you know Spurs had the ball in the second half, and you know Odegaard he's a ten really, and he's still quite a young guy. He's what 
Edgeguard's what, like 20, 22, is he? 23, he's 23. Yeah, he's still yeah, quite a young guy, right? Now. And he's, you know, I'm, I just sat there and watched him and, you know, he's directing Partey. He's like constantly communicating with Partey. You keep an eye on, um, uh, who was it that was, uh, I can't remember who it was, but he was just basically directing party, constant communication to party. And, you know, um, that kind of, that side to the game, um, I think is quite overlooked. People probably don't really speak about it enough on top of, you know, the fact that he is scoring all these goals, creating all these chances, being such a key member of our attack. He's such a key member of the way we defend off the ball as well. I think he's, I think he's fantastic. Both sides of the game. 100%. Yeah. You know, and if if you add to that, like sorry, sorry to just um enter that no, chat, cool. but you know some of the the output that he's producing right now, like and I'm sorry, Bernardo Silva, you know, but last year Bernardo Silva got in 35 games like eight goals, four assists. It's not bad output, you know. And Bernardo Silva does a lot of things in the first and second phase, and you know the the final phase is not just him, you know. There's other players that you know get their fair share of responsibility and fair share of the cake. But Udegaard plays first phase, second phase, third phase, and then his production, he's played half the season, he's, he's outmatched him. He's got the same amount of goals and he's got more assists than someone like Bernardo Silva. But if you ask anyone, they, they will tell you he's had a very, very good season last season. And Udegaard has done, you know, his production, his matched his production half the season. In half the season. Less than half yeah. the season, I might add. Exactly. <laughs> and Udegaard doesn't just play in the final third. He does one first, second and third. So it's like, this is this is as as good as a performance you can get from a midfielder. I would go as far as saying that really it's between him, him and KDB who are the best midfielders in this league right now. Like I, I think there's absolutely a doubt about it. And I think he's probably in better form than KDB to be honest. So, yeah, I was gonna say I think he is in better form well, than KDB. Yeah. Well, I don't think there's a doubt about him being uh, one of the informed midfielders in 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 this league right now, and one of the informed players in this league right now as well. I think his form this season has been pretty sturdy, to be fair. Um, I think he started a bit slow, and that doesn't mean that he wasn't performing well or playing good, but it's just there's a level that we know from him, and I think he was playing kind of within within that level, in and around that level. Um, I think he came out for a game where he was injured. I think it was the Brentford game um, where he was injured. It might have been two games. Then we had the break because of the Queen's um, passing and whatnot. And after that, he's pretty much been in the side. Um, and his performances really went up a level um, after that mini break. And then we had the World Cup. Um, he didn't go to the World Cup. He stayed. He was doing some work. Um, and I think he's benefiting from a couple of things. I think he's benefiting from that break. Um, Arteta spoke about the work that Arteta's been doing with him. He's saying, like, what you're starting to see from Erdegaard now is work that we um, were doing six months ago. You know, so we're starting to bear the fruits now. Now, I don't think there's ever been a question mark about um, Erdegaard's technicalities, his capabilities, or his application. There have been question marks about his physicality, though, when he first arrived. And there have been conversations, very real conversations as well, if we're keeping it a buck, about his application in big games and in away games, games away from the Emirates as well. And I think he's slowly, slowly, slowly starting to um, dispel some of the um, those those narratives, which I don't think were untrue. I think they were true about him. You know, there were some times where we were wanting more from him. But um, yeah, definitely on Sunday, that performance was one where you look at him and you say, yeah, he did not hide at all. 
Um, and I spoke about players who harass the attackers that we harass. He's another player that harasses off the ball, and he's so effective at it. You see his 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 pressing. You see the intensity that it gives to pressing when we don't have the ball, and you see the positions that um, he takes up, where he stands, how he angles his runs to close down the man and close down the space as well, the space behind him. You see him looking over his shoulder and calling for players behind him to step up as well when he goes. Um, so, yeah, that that really is, he's looking like um, not only our technical leader, but also one of our, our tactical leaders as well um, on the pitch as well. And um, long may this continue. And for me as well, um, these are the games where you need to have an impact in to kind of cement yourself in 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 and endear yourself to Arsenal fans. And North London derbies are always going to go away. To if you do it in the North London derby against Tottenham, regardless of whether it's home or away, if you do it against United, if you do it against Liverpool, if you do it against um, Chelsea, the big teams in the big games or the games that really matter, you start to endear yourself to fans and. Um, you know, he could have had this performance without the output and I still would have been waxing lyrical about him. And that's, 100%, you know, what yeah. you say, not just about him getting goals or assists. It's actually, when you actually look at what he's doing, the touches that he's taking, um, you know, he's receiving the ball under pressure. He's, he's, he's getting us out. He's buying us time. He's, um, he's helping um, to come deep and receive the ball to help us retain possession. Um, to help us beat the press, so you know, yeah, he's 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 playing a blinder right now, and long may it continue. Absolutely, man, I agree hundred percent. And you know, in these last in these last five games, he's got seven goals and assists. You know, which is yeah, come on, man. pretty phenomenal on, numbers, man. really and truly. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. so yeah, he's just doing a lot right now. <laughs> he's yeah. doing an absolute madness. Um, I just want to, you know, I want I, I do want to go through all the players and we can move on some like listers questions and, and stuff like that. And we, we can highlight some of the, you know, key topics. But um just want to start from the back and work our way forwards, really. Um Gonna have to talk about my boy Ramsdale. You know, probably his best performance in an Arsenal shirt. Um I, I think we could probably all agree with that. Um, yeah. This thought... one, this, this one or Leicester last season. Leicester good, season good, good strong. shout. I, yeah, I, 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 would pick, yeah. I would put this one just because of the occasion. You know, yes, being away to Spurs. You know, this is like we were winning two nil, and we all kind of knew that Spurs would do something in the second half. They're very much a second half team. They had to do something, right? That it's, it's like they, they just they. You you were gonna you were you were gonna go uh, the, the storm was gonna come eventually right no matter how good you are they've got they've got quality attackers right they've got Son they've got Kane they've got Kulusevski they've got top 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 forwards you know who would probably start for us or you know two at least two of them would probably start for us right um, so they've got they've got the quality. Um, but yeah, he just made big save after big save after big save. And it was, it wasn't just the saves as well. It was the composure. It was, you know, you look at the difference between his performance and Loris' performance. It's night and day. Composure well, on the that, ball. That was the difference you know? between winning and losing, I think, in the yeah. Or one of the key differences, I should say. Not the sole factor, Definitely. but one of the key differences between winning and losing. Look at our Definitely. keeper and look at their keeper. Come on. Yeah. Uh, look at the performances. 
the, the key save for me as well was, you know, there were two key saves for me, really. It was the Son one uh, in the first yeah. half, off, just after we had scored, you know. Yeah. And it's like, that's, that is such a big save for me because it's like, if, if Spurs score there, we've been there before. It's like, yeah. fuck's sake, we've been on top. Spurs get one chance, one goal. And then the, all the momentum is with them. And maybe our heads drop a little bit. Um, but, you know, he pulls out a big, big save, one-on-one, great block, comes out comes out like a rocket at, at Son, by the way. Absolute rocket. Um, and then and then it's the Sessegnon one in the, um, in the uh, start of the second half. Yeah. You know, where he gets his toe... Well, I don't know how he saves it, to be honest. It's... Yeah, brilliant save. He just he uh, just saved it. He just reacted and saved it. Yeah, and it went yeah, went, it went wide. So, top yeah. top top quality man. But you know, just I just want to ask you guys thoughts on Ramsdale because German Dan, I know you were not his biggest fan. Shabs, I can't really remember your thoughts on Ramsdale, but um, I really do feel like he's maturing into a top quality goalkeeper, and you know. Um, I think it might have been Arsenal. I can't remember what pod it was. I was listening to a pod earlier, and, and someone made a great point. It was like, how many mistakes do you see Ramsdale actually like in, in terms of actual rickets, right? Like what Lloris done, what we've seen De Gea do, what we've seen Edison do, even even Allison at this point times this season. We don't really see it from Ramsdale, you know. You, there, there might be goals where it, it's debatable, where it's like, well, oh, Ramsdale should be doing better there, but in terms of actual mistakes they're very few and far between and I think that's um for a player who cl- has clear ADHD issues I think that's fair to say right, right, right I think he's very I think he's maturing and you know there, there were a few moments maybe last season where he looked you know he'd come storming out and be like Ramza what the fuck are you doing there hasn't been any of that this season um and yeah I just want you guys thoughts on maybe where you guys see Ramsdale in terms of like his ability and it, it compared to the rest of the Premier League and 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 where you see his um his game progressing to as well. Shabs? So I I think that the thing that we couldn't and and you know I I'm I was not for the Ramsdale signing at the time we was doing it. I was one of the guys going sick in the group chat saying why are we signing him? Um, I think I think we all were. Why, in fairness, why we, we all were. For that. Yeah, I wasn't the worst, but you know, I was vocal. I was definitely vocal about it. The thing that no one could um, count was the mentality, and I think his mentality is a significant factor behind the player he is and um, the things he does. And I think what that means is that, like. He, he comes across as someone with um, just unwavering self-belief. Um, he doesn't let his head go. Um, he G's up the other players around him. And I think what he has proven to be is a very reliable goalkeeper for the defenders in front of him. And I think the defenders as well are extremely reliable for him as well. So there's that chemistry as well between goalkeeper and defences, which you need to rely on. And you need to rely on in order to get clean sheets. Um, you know, our defensive record this season has been very good. Um, yeah, we give a lot of credit to our de- actual defenders for that and the performances of Ben White, Saliba, Gabriel. Um, he's a part of the defence as well. He's a part of that defensive unit in my eyes as well. He's a big reason for 
um, the success and our defensive record as well, as well as the coaching, because the coaching is clearly working and having an impact. Um, so, yeah, the other thing that I love about Ramsdale as well is that he, um, like, he gives as good as he gets. And that's two players and that's to the fans as well. And again, that's part of being this mentality monster. But um, I have no doubt about it that he was being abused all game, all game. Um, you know, come the end of the game, yeah, he gave a little bit back to them, and rightly so. You know, he stood in front of their goals. They called him an effing this, a cunt, a wanker, all of that stuff. There, um, he gave something little back to them, and um, what we saw at the end of the match was despicable. Um, absolutely despicable in terms of, uh, but it's not. It's but it also is not surprising um, to me in terms of what I've seen and um, the fans, some fans associated with Tottenham Hotspur Football Club. I think it's de deplorable um, that a guy would travel all that way down all those flights of steps to try and volley Ramsdale and miss. You know, um, it it it, it, remind, it reminded me of Harry Kane in the World Cup against France, actually. You know, big moment. <laughs> and you fluffed your lines, actually. Um, you know, that joke might be met in poor taste. Uh, what, but, what, 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 what shoes was the guy wearing? Because I swear it looked like he was wearing some plimsolls. Like. Well, it might be, I don't know, man. Maybe some plimsolls, maybe some Tims or whatever. Um, he, I, I was going to say he should have borrowed some. He should have borrowed some adequate footwear before he's doing this. Well, he should have used Lukaku's Tims. That's what I'm um, thinking. That kick <laughs> was that kick was meaty as well. Well, he Jeez. was so meaty. <laughs> Imagine um, you're yeah, going bin, and that's all Hackney. you can muster. The streets of deal. The street, he's from Hackney as well. Um, I got it on good ground, and the streets are dealing with him. So that's it, like, I, I, yeah, that's it. I know what you're saying. On Shab's like. order, you know, on Shab's, Shab, no, on Shab's order, there's a lot more the order of, by order of Petey Blinders. There's man. a lot more diehards than me, but I know, I know the blocks that Yo. him and his family live in. And I know that Yo. Yo. angry Arsenal fans. And boy, it, the police hey. caught up with him first, and then I know that... Um, boy, the police got onto him quick. He was arrested him. next day, you know. Quickly. Quickly, no, they don't play. They don't play. Shab, so yeah, Shab man. Sam Patrick, you know. Kind of... Say it again. Is that is that, is that Sam Patrick, you know? Listen, <laughs> I'm just, oh boy, I'm, I'm, I'm connected. <laughs> but, but um, but yeah, man. Ramsdale, Ramsdale, Ramsdale is, is the is the real deal. Um, I think like you know, there's some things that are Arsenal heritage. It's Arsenal heritage to have like a certified striker. It's Arsenal heritage to have um you know, um, a controlling and domineering centre-mid. It's Arsenal heritage to have an absolute worry of a centre-back. And it's Arsenal heritage to have um, an English, a solid English goalkeeper. And, um, yeah, man, I, I, I'm i very happy with Ramsdale right now. And I think he's in and amongst the top goalies in the league right now, no doubt. And he's so young. He's got, he's like, if you think about goalkeepers, when they peak, the age where they peak, he's got a lot of time to go. You know, he just needs to maintain this this this, this level of application. But yeah, he's got a long way to go, man. German Dan, what do you reckon? Because you were you were um, you were one of his biggest distractors, bit distractors, detractors before he joined the club, as well as until like last week. So 
don't, 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 don't worry. I haven't completely switched. As you know, I'm still in the background cooking something up. Yeah, yeah. You, you still want Leno back? No, nah, no, nah, I don't want Leno back. <laughs> Leno, 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 Leno's doing well. I pull him. He's doing better. He's doing better That's than my at Aston Villa, to be honest. Yeah. But um, on Rams though, you know Rams. I think he's got the qualities that we require from a goalkeeper. And when we go back to the goalkeepers that we had, like even Leno, even Martinez, I think there's a substantial difference in their level of distribution compared to Ramsdale. Like significant. It's like for me, it's very significant. First of all, Leno's distribution is not good. Um, I think he's he, he doesn't take the risk Ramsdale would take. His passing is short and long. It's not as good. He can't kick as long as Ramsdale. Mm. Um, and his throws is probably, I, I, I would say Leno probably has the worst distribution out of the three. I think Martinez is okay. He's better at distributing, but then he doesn't have the long kick. He doesn't have the accuracy long like, of a long um, passes that Ramsdale has, and also he doesn't really go infield with his passes. Um, so he doesn't. He can't really find a man in midfield with like a you know a ground pass like Ramsdale, for example. And also, I don't think he's as composed as Ramsdale. Both Leno and Martinez are not as composed. I think when they when there's a little bit of pressure, they tend to just hoof it. Because I think Ramsdale has the composure. And he has the quality of a ball for them. Short passes, long passes. So this distribution has completely changed the way we played. And, and um, that started last season. Where Ramsdale significantly lacked, in my opinion, and in the first half of that season, he actually was quite good at it, was saving. So he was saving a good amount of shots. Um, shots that I think he should save. Also such that I thought, oh, shit, that's a good save. And then in the second half of the season, I felt like, no, there's a drop-off now in terms of his shot saving. Distribution is still there. That's that's still quality, but shot saving, we wouldn't concede that many shots, and I feel like mm, some of the shots I'm like, this is going straight through him. Um, and I felt like it was because of concentration rather than actual ability. I felt like, yeah, he's switched on for when the ball is at his feet, but maybe he's not fully switched on in certain instances um, when 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 teams are breaking on us. So I didn't like quite like his decision making from saves, but I've seen an upturn this season for sure. First of all, I think he's way more switched on. Um, obviously, we're talking off the back of a game where he's probably been busier than he usually is in the, in games. Um, but he's he's more switched on, and he makes the saves, and he alleviates alleviates a lot of pressure off the defense. So, like in this game, for example, today and not today on the weekend, he would come collect the cross, he would come punch a free kick away, and these are the things that he does. Where I feel like that's. You know, another add-on. You know, other goalkeepers don't do that as frequent as he does. And also in terms of, you know, the risk that they take is not as high as he does. And and as he said, he doesn't actually make, you know, howlers. Like, I think he, he, might, he might get packed on his near post every now and then, but he doesn't make howlers. And he takes risks. He takes risks with the ball. He takes risks in coming out. So his judgment is evidently quite good. And I definitely agree. I've seen maturity in, in the way he plays, the way he approaches games, um, and the way he just genuinely performs. And there's a good level of consistency with him now. Um, obviously, we're going to want to for the rest of the season. I felt last season he started strong and then he tailed off. But um, let's see how where he ends up this season. At this moment in time, I don't really see signs that he will tail off. Whereas last season, I kind of felt like, oh, it's coming. Um, but this season, I don't see it. And I think he has a very good relationship with everyone in the defence. He speaks to them all the time. And um, I said that on the, on the spaces, he definitely is England's best keeper. 
Um, the only reason he doesn't start is because of politics. Um, if Southgate would, if I Southgate think Pickford's been some, good for England, though. It doesn't mean it doesn't matter if he's good for England. Who's the best keeper in the land? You know, mm. that's English. It's it's it's, it's You should be p- picking people based on how well they perform for their club level as well. I mean, he's mm. not even been given a chance for England like that. I mean, if he if he plays, you know, five six games for England, I'm sure you do well enough. You know, and then. We know he's a better keeper. He has bad qualities than Pickford. So I think that's that's the change that that, that they need to make um, for the England national team. Um, I think if we win the league, they will do that change. <laughs> <laughs> Probably, like, Probably, yeah. yeah. It's just like it's just like it's not proactive. They should be should be doing this already. Do you get what I mean? You should probably yeah. even should should look at it last season. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough, man. I think I think it's it's nice to see that um, you know everyone's on the same kind of. Trailer fought with Ramsdale, and um, also I I do agree with you. I think um, the second half of the season is kind of where he tailed off last year. Um, so it'd be interesting to see where you know where he like what he does in the second half of the season, especially as this, as the pressure grows. But you know, I thought I thought Sunday was pretty high pressure, and he delivered a ten out of ten performance. So I'm hoping you know. Um, him being engaged, I think, just to keep him in the game, um, keep that ADHD, you know, <laughs> in in the in the dressing room, you know. Um, but yeah, uh, let's. <laughs> no, let's... no, no. Hold on, hold on. I know, Lou. This is a big dub. To... I know you were you were grinning when you when you when us beating Spurs Ramsdale masterclass. Nah, I know Lou was not ah oh, no nah, man. <laughs> Has he got the most clean sheets now? He was not. not you, nah, he was Pope, up, Pope's man. still got more. Is it Pope? Pope's still got more. Yeah, Fucking Pope more. guy, bro. Mm. Less games, though. Has Pope played the same amount of games as Ramsdale? I'm just curious. I'm not... He played less, I think. Okay. I think, I think he's... Ram... I think he... I think he's played more... No, I think they've played the same amount of games. Why would not? Why would he have played less? Has he been... I don't know. Did... did... Did Pope join like right at the start of the season? I don't know. Yeah, anyway, he joined um, last season. Oh, fair enough. Um, let's 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 move on to other players because we've got still got a lot to talk about, and I've got a million bloody listeners' questions. So, um, yeah, we need to crack through this game. Um, talk a little bit about the defense. I thought I thought Zinchenko was on a different planet, um, and I think this was a game, a big game, you know. Live on Sky, 4 p.m. kick, 4:30 kickoff, where it was on show for everyone to see just how good this guy is, um, and the qualities that he brings. Um, I found it quite funny because in the Man United game today, I actually saw Shaw taken up interior positions, which I found quite interesting. Um, obviously, Casemiro couldn't find him because Casemiro is Casemiro, but uh, it was a bit futile, really. But um, yeah, him in that position is like a fucking cheat code. It's like it's like we found a cheat code that, you know, in 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 a time where the internet doesn't exist and people can't work it out yet. You know, there's no Google to oh what you know how to do this. It's you've literally got to work it out like a Rubik's cube, like a Rubik's cube basically. Um, and he just offers us so much layers in possession, um, and also defensively. He's nowhere near as bad as people said he was. Nowhere near. I know he had one moment. He had one moment where Kulusevski kind of got in. That was just mis- mistimed the 
an interception, I think it was, really. But um, other than that, I thought he won aerial duels. You know, very strong in the air. Four, four um, or five aerial duels. He didn't lose an aerial duel. Right. Yeah. You know, he I'm, was... I'm, I'm going to plead the fifth on him defensively, yet, though, because I still think there are, there are things that we haven't seen from him yet defensively. And there are times where, I'm not saying him per se, but there are times, not just in the Tottenham game, but there are times where his side gets exposed. Um, and I don't know if that's also compounded by Martinelli. What, what game are you thinking? On his side. I think they, um, in this game, Kulu did have some chances in the second half. Now, maybe it's game state where we're defending, we're soaking up a lot of the pressure and it didn't hurt us. But I felt like um, sometimes I was a bit questioning of his positioning or his positions that he took up okay. um, defensively, defensively. On the ball, I mean, this is a superior football player, superior football player, superior technician. Um, you know, German Dan, they, they ridiculed me and German Dan in the group chat when we were um, talking about Zinchenko last they, season. They, they, la- they, la- they laughed at us, man. Is, we're talking about his performances in the Champions I forgot, man. I, I, the streets no. don't, the streets remember, man. I will never forget that. They ridiculed us. And then, and then um, I said one game. It was a bad cop, guys. German Dan was backing me off. Backing me up. Whoa. Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> German Dan was backing me up. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa. Holes. Holes. And, and then they said, um, and then they said, yeah, that's only one game, though. <laughs> so I said, yeah, another game. That was absolutely wild, but we're going to pretend that. <laughs> like that was an amazing slip. And then... Um, we gave them evidence of a, of, of more games, you know. These are two-legged ties. So I'm saying across four games, look at the passing that this guy's executing against PSG, against Real Madrid. What are you not talking about? And they were saying, yeah, but blah, 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 blah. No, so he's superior. Hey, guys, let's not make it he said, she season. said, all right? We all now make everyone mistakes. sees it and they're like, oh, yeah, we knew. We're like, No, you didn't know. We was calling it from early doors. But defensively, I think there are some bits and pieces. Um even even in the Newcastle game as well, um, where I was sat, and I know we ch- we changed and they changed early on tactically, so Almiron actually didn't have um, much impact in the game. But in the very early exchanges as well, there were bits and pieces where I was looking at his positioning, and t- it might be that it's instruction for him to cheat on 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 defense and take up false positions or half positions, um, maybe. But I'm looking at it and feeling it makes me feel a bit uncomfortable. It makes me feel a bit uneasy because um, there are question marks about his quickness and then his one, him in one v one duels. For me personally, I've not I've not seen those bits for for me to be convinced about in the same way that I'm convinced about him when he's on the ball. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's in, and there in, are other in fairness. In fairness, we're so. We're really good structurally, defensively, that we don't really yeah. allow those situa- situations to manifest themselves. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. when we, I was looking at Palace today, and it was like it was so, it was so clear what was wrong with them is that I just don't think their structure is good enough to deal with turnovers and what they do when they lose the ball. And I don't think that's an issue with us. We're 
we're very good at keeping the ball. And then when we do lose it, everyone has a clear plan of what to do. Um, everyone knows positionally where to be. And I, I, I don't think we don't leave our, our fullbacks hung up to dry, really. I can only think of the Leeds yeah. game where I, I thought Ben White was getting a right pamming down that right hand side. And that's the only game where, and that was more so like balls over the top um, into the channels and stuff. But yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I just want to see it over the course of a season in terms of his defensive work. But on the ball, I'm entirely convinced. And I am, this is not me saying I'm not convinced of him defensively either, because like he did win a lot of aerial duels and what I'm saying, there's something that he, he does or isn't doing defensively that at times makes me feel a bit uneasy, mm-hmm. uncomfortable. I feel like he's cheating um, his position and I feel like it's easy. But like I said, it might be uh, a consequence of that left-hand side. I, 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 I don't know. I, th- I, th- I think that there's, there's two things, right? So on the defensive side, first of all, I think the general perception was um, that he is a stripper defensively, that like he can completely get had up and he's really like, you know, incapable to the, of defending really. When that's definitely not true, right? He's he's a decent defender. Um, wouldn't say he's amazing. I think definitely one v one. Um, physically, if he was to get isolated, which doesn't happen often, as you guys said, because of the structure, he could um he could be in trouble. Um, but he he gets he gets low. Um, you know, he defends those situations well. Martin Lee tends to help him out as well, closing that gap. For the um for any winger that comes or plays against someone that's had to come inside. And um so I think he's and he's also a very committed and aggressive defender. So he's not someone that shirks away from defensive responsibilities, like like a trend, for example, just switching off, not not doing anything. He's trying, he's committing, um, he definitely has physical, you know, um, you know, um limitations in in that regard, but he's also very strong aerially. I looked on FB Ref, he's one of the best, you know, fullbacks in the air, apparently. He just wins aerial duels. Because after that game was like, why is he winning so many headers against a guy that's way taller than him? Um so I think defensively he's definitely not a stripper. He's he's capable. On the ball he's sensational. He's just sensational on the ball. And that is that what offsets it. Even if he was like a bit of a stripper, you could kind of you know get and you could kind of overlook it. You've got to throw in a but... pause there somewhere, man. It's delayed, but you got to Why? Why? Why, brother? Why? You said, you said he's quite sensational on the ball. <laughs> Even as a stripper. <laughs> Even if he was a stripper, he's quite <laughs> sensational. Yeah. You are crazy, man. You are crazy. I mean, that, 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 that'd be taking visits to Chocolate City, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Where was that? Where was that? Where was that? Um, yeah, on the floor he's just crazy because he he can. He, it doesn't matter where on the floor he's just crazy. On the ball he's just crazy. Okay, 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 okay. You know, he's crazy on that ball because it doesn't matter what position on the pitch he's on. In you know, it could be receiving the ball like someone's behind him. Hey, you man are going crazy right now, you know. <laughs> This is, so immature, thing, this is so immature, man. This is so Yeah, go on. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. He can receive it on the half turn. He can receive it, like you know, a man on him. Um, pause. Um, <laughs> he can, he can, he can also like really probe. And I think that's one of the things that makes him so good. He really probes. He makes people come close to him when he's in possession of the ball. Then he pop it off or play around them, and he mm. literally like gets him in, exploits the space behind them. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's, he's like a coach's dream right like 
people like coaches must just show videos of Zinchenko. Honestly, what, what you want them to execute, ball. you can execute, and he doesn't actually. Yeah. He doesn't need five attempts. He he'll do it. Yeah. Like he's just turn. he's just textbook, isn't he? He's textbook. Yeah, he is on the on on, on the ball. Is is really 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 good. Um. Yeah. So yeah. Um. I think where where were we on the Jinchenko thing? I think that's where we were. Um. And yeah. I think I and I and I'd like to um you know see someone come in that because I, I I am worried about him and his fitness. Um. That still not, can't do it to his level, perhaps, but at least replicates some of the stuff that he gives us because that dynamic that he that he um, brings to our you know possession game, um, it, I think it's like it's so good, um, mm. it's, it's, it's so so good. It makes the team so much better. Yeah, um, obviously the rest of the defense performed really well as well. I think solid games from your Ben White, Saliba. I thought Gabriel again was you know top top quality. Um, you know his record against Harry Kane is four wins. From six games, um, where you know we, he 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 just seems to bully Kane, doesn't he? Like there's not many games you see Harry Kane getting outright starved, you know, of, of the ball and you know bullied off of it. Um, <clears throat> and Gabriel seems to be able to do it an, an awful lot. Um, he's just he's just brilliant, isn't he, Gabriel? Um, and he's 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 really leading this Arsenal defense at the moment. I think that's becoming more and more apparent as every game goes by with their uh, his and Saliba's partnership. Gabriel is the leader in that back line, and he's doing a very good job at the moment, Shabs. Yeah, that that yeah. I was just going to say that. Like I said, like Arsenal heritage to have a dominant uh, centre back, and uh, you know he's emerging as that as 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 that character. You know, and you, you, can see it, you, can, you can see it in his performance, in the nature of his performances, in the manner, um, in the way in which he celebrates wins and and, and his victories. Um, you know, he celebrates blocks like they're clean sheets. Like, you know, he is very front Like they're wins. Very, yeah, 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 absolutely. Like, you know, he, you could, you, you, you just see him. Yeah, there was a language barrier. And I don't, I, 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 and to be fair, he's always been good. He's always been good. I don't think he's come in and been a major cause for concerns. I think any concerns that you could have attached to him were justified in in considering that he's a young defender. Um, he's new to the league. He's learning the language. He's learning the game here and whatnot. Um, I think they're all valid. And he's never had um, any kind of prolonged or sustained periods of bad form or anything like that. But there are things that we as uh, as hyper-analytical um, fans have been critical of. And I think rightly so, you know, it's part and parcel of the game. So there were times where we've 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 judged him on these lapses and these brain fart moments and, and whatnot. And he's still prone to them and he's still going to be prone to them. But let's put it in context. He's 24 years old. You know what I mean? But um, yeah, definitely. He's emerging as a leader. In, in in this dressing room and one of the leaders of that defence definitely and a vocal leader and he leads with his performances as well so yeah yeah 100% man 100% um <clears throat> see like um it wasn't like a, a an amazing performance from Partey but you know I think when your base level is as good as his is you can your average can just be that good you know and I, I'm sorry to harp on keep, like keep making references to the United game and stuff today but I mean I look at Casemiro today 
You would never see a Partey performance like that. Even Partey's performances aren't 63% pass completion or, you know, just hoofing the ball uh, first time over the top. You know, it's nothing like that. A Partey Partey poor performance is, you know, probably low 80s pass completion, a bit sloppy, getting caught on the ball. But nothing, you know, and and I just think his base level is so good um, that he, for me, he 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 has to be, for my money, I think he's the best defensive midfielder in the Premier League. I I don't, I can see no. the Rodri arguments. I I really can see the Rodri argument. And if there's anyone I was going to entertain as an objection to it, is Rodri. But I don't see anyone else. Like being on this guy's level at the moment. Yeah. Now I'm not gonna lie to you. I I agree with everything that you said about um, his level and his baseline. Um, on Sunday, that guy was drunk though. Uncle was really? drunk. Nah, he was drunk. He was drunk with his touches. And actually, German Dan called it early. German Dan called it first, and I was what like, for the whole game. You mean? In the first half, he was drunk, really? man. He was, he was loose. It. I know he had a few he, sloppy moments. He was, he was loose with his touches. He was, he looked like he. There were, there were moments where he just looked like he was going to lose the ball. There were moments where he gave the ball away cheaply. Um, you know, I think his past completion numbers in the end were, yeah, were right. They were correct. Like you know, he, he, he definitely went on. He definitely grew um, as the game, um, as the game progressed. But to begin with, I was a bit worried about him. You know, I thought, "What is going on?" What is I didn't going get that. Ahead? I didn't get that feeling from him at all. You know. Yeah, he was getting caught on the ball. Um, mm. The ball was getting caught underneath him. There was a moment early on where he passed the ball out wide to the left to, to just no one passed it out of play. He was so off with his pass. Um, and and you know, it's not my expectation as well that you have a hundred percent pass completion or anything like that as well. He still, like I said, he still completed the game with. Um, you know, of a very good passing completion. 92%. Good passing accuracy. But there were moments in the game where I was watching early on where I was saying, this guy's drunk. He didn't look cohesive. He didn't look fluid. Um, he looked a bit off today, um, on that day. And um, so credit to him for kind of turning it around. And I just want to say quickly, but yeah, it was his release that um, played Saka in. Yeah, early. fantastic. And, fantastic. And that strike, you know, that's if he scores that strike as well, we're talking about potentially one of the goals of the season because that strike was um, phenomenal as well. Yeah. Um, and I think after that, it kind of maybe gave him some... Um, um, bit of confidence. Yeah, a bit of confidence mm. where he said, actually, I think that is the moment where he snapped out of it. But before that, I was watching him saying, uncle is playing... Mm sideways today. I don't know what's going on. Fair enough. Um, D- Dan, did you did you feel similar? Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think you know, I think maybe I'm probably too meticulous watching games. Um, and I watched them and I was it was like two or three actions and I was like, this doesn't it doesn't look right. It doesn't look right. He felt um, and, I, and I would say it was it was when did we score? It was probably like. T- what was it, 25 minutes in? 14, 14 minutes, I believe. Oh, 14. So 14. even so so it wasn't it's not like it was a long period. Um, mm. but the first 15 minutes, I would I would definitely say I looked at him and was like pass off the pitch. There was one pass where he got turned on um where he got nearly got caught on the ball. Um it was just mm. I just felt like he was a little bit off in the early stages of that game. Okay, fair and enough. then 
and and that that's literally just the first 15 minutes and then yeah and he got booed a lot he got booed a lot mm. and i think it kind of rattled him um mm. when he was getting booed i was like it definitely looks like it's affecting him and then the release to Saka was like the first pass where he was like, you know what, fuck this man, these guys are not going to get on to me. He released yeah. Saka, we scored from it. Then after that, he just started doing his normal thing. He controlled this game completely or that half completely. Um, and then he set, you know, I don't wouldn't say set up, but he like, he facilitated strongly the, yeah. the second goal. Um, yeah. and, and then in the second half, he was he was very good um, defensively, shielding. He was um, screening. Um, I think it was a good performance overall from him. Um, again, um, it was a good performance, definitely. Um, so I think with Partey, it's just like I think the standards, and I, I always say the standards of certain players are different to others. Like, we watched that first 15 minutes of Partey and say, Hey, he looks off, yeah. Someone played like this for 90 minutes, and people would mm. still say, Ah, oh, he was okay. Because mm. if this is us, we would say he was shocking if he mm. played like that for like 50 minutes, even. So he had, mm. he had a bad period. Which is not the majority of the game at all. Yeah, I think, and I wouldn't even say bad. It was like a below par period, fifteen right. minutes. But um, overall, like the standards are so so high with him, and it, it's on this. You can't dispute it. He's he's like a key 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 player for this team. When he's fit, you know this team wins. Is your is your cat moving mad? My cat is moving crazy, just growling at me. Yeah. Yeah, I thought someone's baby in the street. Let's quickly move on to a few others anyway. Um, uh, the, the front line, um, a, a, a lot of pressure coming on, on Eddie into this game. Like, can he deliver? Um, I thought, I thought he did quite well. Um, he had a lot of chances. Uh, what do you have like five? Maybe five or six shots on goal. Um, let me get the stats up here. Edward Enketia, five shots, two big chances missed. Um, yeah, I, I, I thought, despite despite those couple big chances missed, I thought he had quite a good game. He kept he kept the Spurs defenders occupied and um, you know showed some good touches. Um, Good intensity off the ball as well, pressing them, hurrying them. Um, just maybe lacked a bit of finesse in front of goal. Is that is that fair to say? I think that Eddie was very, very good. Very, very good. Um, I think actually every game he's showing us a bit more about him. He's another one that, you know, there's lots of doubts. Well, there have been lots of doubts. There's been a bit of ridicule even. He's been, oh, why did he come in the number 14? Oh, why blah, blah, blah. His performances for me have been, um, you know, nothing short of excellent since he's come in to the side. Um, yeah, I would have loved for him to have scored. I would have loved for him to have got a goal. Um, I'm not worried about him, though. I think the thing that I love about Eddie and the thing that you notice about Eddie as well when you when you when you analyze his game is that as well as being good at the hold up play, drawing fouls, um, you know, being an outlet, um, whatnot, he has a box presence as well. And even when he misses, you know that this is a striker who's guaranteed to get on the end of at least one chance, one big chance in the game. Um, you know, you think about the goalless draw against Newcastle, we didn't score, he he 
he had a chance, you know, in that game. He kind of he, and and slim chances, chances that don't really come from 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 a lot. But you know, he got into the end of it. Um, that first shot that he had, which we all said I oh, should have tucked it. I think did he take it on his left foot? Yeah, as well. Um, it was a bit of an awkward one as well. The ball was a yeah, bit, it was a bit of an awkward one. It was on his left, on the bounce. The angle wasn't really in his favour. If he's a, an accomplished left foot finisher, then um, yeah, I'd expect more from him. But he's hitting it on his weaker side, running onto it on the bounce. Um, it's where it bounced as well. So, yeah, I'm not hypercritical of it. But for me, yeah, he's getting his chances. Um, it would have been delicious for him to score. It didn't happen in this game. But I'm very, very happy with the performances that we're putting out. And yeah, man, I think this is a slight centre forward as well. Like he's not a, he's not a, um, you know, towering uh, forward in the mould of an Antonio or a Stamaka or a a, a, a about Veghorst or Mitrovic. Or he's not, he's not them guys. You know, Eddie, Eddie is what I think five nine, five ten. Something like that, but we've seen he's 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 you know he's 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 got himself eaten right. He's done some conditioning, and he had up three centre backs. He had up three centre backs for me in that game, and um, big credit to him as well. He's another one that's playing applying himself right, um, you know, and 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 showing why we're not really missing Jesus at this moment in time. So yeah, I think he had a good encouraging performance, definitely. Yeah, German, what you, what's your thoughts on Eddie's performance? Yeah, I think Eddie had a good game. Um, I think Eddie's one of these strikers. I don't actually think Eddie's clinical, but he scores because he gets on the end of quite a few chances. And I also think a lot of times his finish is not that clean hit, but mm. he, he knows how to finish. You know, he knows how to get get on on target a lot of times. So even the shots that he took this game, you're like, oh, he should be scoring. They were shots on target. You know, mm. we see a we see a striker that went for what 80 million euros can't even get shots on target. You know, when he has three years to pick a corner. So I think that's one of Eddie's quality. He might not be hitting the side net and, and stuff like that. He's not a super accomplished finisher, in my opinion, yet. And this is something he could probably develop um, or, you know, get better at because we've seen him develop quite well over the over the last two two years. But he gets his shots on target, left foot, right foot. If it's an awkward bounce, he just makes sure it's, it's directed towards goal um, and let the goalkeeper deal with that then. So, um this is one of the games where I feel like he was snatching his chances a bit. But again, Lloris is the type of keepers like some of these shots they could go in. You know, mm. um, you know, people bash Lloris for the first first um first goal, rightfully so. And I was I was I was people, <laughs> I was there bashing him. <laughs> but on some of the other chances, he did he did do well actually to like cut off the angle. Oh my god, Mana didn't pause on me again, bro. What, 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 do, you, what do you want me to do? Hey, Kevin, Dan, you gotta relax. I didn't say anything, I, I didn't, didn't say anything either, but you gotta relax, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I don't know, you're in Paris, it's making you fruity, but I don't know what's going on, <laughs> bro. You gotta relax, bro. Be, be easy, be easy, be easy, Mr. St. Patrick, man. <laughs> be easy, you gotta, you gotta. <laughs> Relax, bro. You said, <laughs> Yo, you're gonna listen back to what you said tomorrow. <laughs> no, I can't anyway. lie. Yeah, I'm gonna have to start using other words. I'm gonna have to get, get into that lexicon, like Sean. Get into that lexicon. Yeah, right. um, As you were. Yeah, I was. I was just saying that. Like, um, I think on some of the on some of the chances Eddie had, Louise actually probably did quite well. 
coming mm. out, making the angle a bit more difficult. Um, not like Lloris had a good game because of that howler, but he did deny two, three other goals, to be honest. Yeah. If it wasn't for him, Spurs could have could have held a four-piece, five-piece. They, they could have been three-nil down, really, yeah, but, you know, three or four-nil down um, before they started coming yeah. into the game. Um, there's one more play. Did, did we talk about Saka? We did talk about Saka, right? I think at the start, Shabs has um, has, um, has talked about him a little bit, but we didn't mm. go into a lot of detail, you know. Yeah, but is there any, is there any thoughts on every week? Yeah, it's we true. We don't have to go into detail, we, we, we don't, we don't need to go into detail. He's, he's one yeah. of the best players around, it's as simple yeah. as that. Yeah. I think, I think that's, we that's won all that is. The, the the only the only other player I really wanted to talk about actually was was Martinelli and um um I don't want to say like I'm I'm not concerned or anything like that I just I just wonder um you know is it is it is it approaching a time that maybe Martinelli gets rotated out for, for maybe a game or two or just I didn't think his overall performance level was um what we're used to seeing we got the energy. We got the effort, uh, but I just feel like maybe in recent weeks the the, the end product isn't there. Um, maybe he needs uh, you know a rest just to find his sharpness again. What 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 do you guys think about Martinelli? I agree with you in terms of um, yeah he, he his his performance the usual level of performance seemed to have dipped. A little bit on, um, a little bit on Sunday in terms of what we saw and what we're used to seeing, and yeah, maybe he's, maybe he's tired. Talking about swapping him out is gonna piss me off, to be honest with you, because then we talk about well, who just swap him out for? Then you talk about well, you well, got, got Emil Smith Rowe, right? Well, Emil Smith Rowe's back. I think I think Emil Smith Rowe is gonna need um, a bit of time before he. Um, is kind of starting games where he can give the level of intensity. I think he can start, but in terms of the intensity, given that he's missed uh, practically all of this season so far, then you kind of ask, if Emil Smith-Rowe's starting games and is not offering the, 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 the energy that Martinelli gives us, then we're going to feel it. And again, it kind of compromises and undermines other parts of the system. And I mm. think that's what it is. Smith-Rowe's probably someone that's going to need to be played back into fitness and conditioning because the system that we play has very specific asks and very specific requirements. And I think Smith-Rowe will um, be on board with the tactical requirements, no doubt, but physically, um, you know, is he there yet? And I might be overthinking it. I could be wrong or whatnot. I'm just, I'm just trying to think what the thinking is for why we haven't seen it yet you know because he's been back what this is two well this is two games that he's been back for isn't it or maybe three now so um oh, no it's only two isn't it oxford in this okay one? so it was oxford in this game so it's two games that he's been yeah. back now yeah it's, um, it's i think it's definitely too soon for Mr. prefer and i'm not yeah. advocating marcelli to be dropped for the next game or anything like that yeah. i'm just wondering if it's approaching that time where maybe he just yeah. needs he looks tired yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah, I think I think what you said about him spot on. He looked he looks tired. Um, he went to the World Cup. He didn't play a lot in the World no. Cup, but um, he looks tired. This is the most amount of minutes that he's had. If you think mm -hmm. about being consistently and consecutively used um, yes. and starting in games, we have to remember 
he's not a player who's had a full campaign in terms of being used start to finish. Remember the start mm. of last season, we were very critical of Arteta for underutilising him. Yeah. Um, again, Arteta had a plan for him. Second half of the season, he was very relied upon, very um, much utilised. And um, this season, he's been in pretty much from the start. He's a first choice left winger, left forward. So um, you have to remember, this is uncharted territory for him as well. He's not, he's not, he's not gone through the rigors of an entire season in the way that some of the other um, season pros have, in the way that Saka has either. So this, this is another thing that you need to consider in relation to him. But yeah, I think um, you know they all need refreshing in terms of um like you know our starting forward options they need to be swapped out they need to be rotated their load management really needs to start coming in because i think games will come thick and fast and again that just kind of will bring me to like uh, complaints about a lack of squad depth uh inactivity in the transfer market or failings in the transfer market or whatnot and, I, and i'm in a happy mood i'm in a good mood so i don't, I don't really want to go down that <laughs> Well, we've, 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 we've definitely got some some listeners' questions about it, so we can transition to some listeners' questions. Um, mm. German Dan just... Oh, no, he's disappeared. I hope mm. he's all right. But, I don't know. He was saying some questionable things, so yeah. uh, maybe he's yeah. gone to... Redeem himself. Uh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Get a grip of himself. Yeah. Some, some might say. Um, yeah, so let's go through some of these listeners' questions now. Um <clears throat> uh, Okay, here's one from H Core S14. He says, Is it me or a shades of last year's January transfer window is repeating itself? I'm now starting to believe we will not sign anyone. And how crucial will it be towards our title challenge? Um, I've also got um you know uh where is it? Where is it? To be honest, there's a lot of transfer related questions. Um, it's January. I get yeah, it. I yeah. Yeah. Well, what was so that question was is is there shades of January? Yeah, there is shades of January because we spent our towels last year chasing Vlavic, only yeah. to not get him and you know not get that transfer over the line. But um, yeah, it's it is frustrating because let's face it, we we're presented with. Not presented. We be, we worked. Team have worked hard to get themselves into this position yeah. of being the title favourites halfway through into the season. We're playing so well. We're doing everything right. It's you know it's very hard to overlook the fact that we are literally in in certain positions. We are one player away from. right exactly exactly so and and then when you look in some positions as well where you know someone like Partey or even if Eddie gets injured now we're 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 in we're in trouble I think um Saka gets injured we're in trouble Partey gets injured we're in trouble um and we've been quite lucky with injuries this year this is me saying you know, touch wood, it, that, that continues. And obviously we've had the bad injury of Gabby Jesus, but we've managed to keep Partey fit. Obviously we've had some issues with Zinchenko, but he mm. looks okay now. Hopefully he yeah. can have a prolonged run of fitness. 
But we've been fine with Saka, Martinelli, Erdegaard, no injuries there. You know, um, our backline, no injuries. Um, yeah. So we've kind of been lucky already to a certain degree. Um, but is that luck going to, you know, is that going to continue over the rest of the season? And I just think I don't want us to blow this opportunity. You know, yeah. we've got a huge opportunity here to go out there, win a title. And this would be, the, you know, one of the biggest things that's happened to the club in... God knows how long. Literally, so, nearly twenty years. Literally, yeah, literally. So, what, what, what do you think? Is this, is this disappointing for you? Um, absolutely, is disappointing. Um, my, my, my true thoughts on, on Eduard over Twitter. To be fair, I'm not critical of Arteta. Um, gone are those days. I think we're seeing that if you give Arteta ingredients, this is what he can produce with them. These are the meals that he makes when you give him good ingredients. Um, really, it's the job of the senior hierarchy and the recruitment team to um, have their houses in order when it comes to uh, the business side of the season. The business side of the season really is summer and winter, when the windows are open, you know. Um, you can't work in finance or accounting or whatnot, and and then and then not be not not be ready in your busy periods between December to April, the end of the financial year, the budgets announcing and that you know. So why are these guys working in football and recruitment and not having players lined up? And I suppose where I'm critical, I'm not I'm not I'm not critical about um, us not signing Mudrik. Mudrik is a player that I liked, um, but he's a gamble at the fee. Um, you know, you, you start to look at transfers, you start to look at players and you look at the amounts and the more you spend on a player, the more of a gamble it, it, it is. And this is a player with a lot of promise, but no guarantees. So I'm not critical on the fact that we didn't get him. What I am critical about is that this is a, it's like the lack of strategy, the lack of diversification in that this is a player that we've invested a lot of, 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 of our time in since October, since before the window opened. Um, this is a deal that we should have wrapped up basically at the start of January. I think if we were ready to execute at the start of January, we probably would have wrapped the deal up. And if it was a question of finance and having a budget and not wanting to go to that, um, then I think we should have, should have been positioned and walked away and should have prioritised the other targets. You know, When I look at Liverpool, um, who are in a very bad position, at the moment, um, they needed another player. Um, Diaz has been out injured. They needed a player. Um, whatever you think of the player, Gakpo, they seem to turn that around within 48 hours. You know, Gakpo was announced as a Liverpool sign-in before the winter window even opened and before they could even officially um, register him to be available for games in January. He was there in Liverpool, you know, um, pictures done. So for me, I'm critical because why are we not moving in a similar manner you know these are teams that we've got an advantage on and we've got ground on and we want to increase the ground on and we want to sustain our foothold at the top we're definitely ahead of schedule in terms of where we should be um you know my expectation is that we 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 act and we act accordingly and yeah I just feel like whilst we were courting and pursuing Madrid um we missed other opportunities I think Felix if you consider it as a loan deal People talk about the price and I'm saying if you're bringing in a proven player, you know, of top European standard, 
the 11 mil is the price you have to pay, just pay it. If it brings us a title, no one's going to question the 11 mil. You know what I mean? Plus, we're short. We're short. We're super short in attack. This is a versatile, flexible player who can play across the three. Just play it. Um, and then I think the consequence of dallying so long with that Mudrick deal is that um, now everyone else knows that we're in the market for a wide forward. Um, you know, a wide, a, a wide forward, a winger. Um, everyone knows the finance that we were going to put up. And so you go to Leverkusen, for example, and I don't know if there's truth in this, but you go to Leverkusen, for example, for Diaby, and they say, well, he's going to cost you seven, he's going to cost you the same. If he, if actually, if Mudrik was 88 mil, Diaby's going to cost you 100 mil. And then it's like, yeah, you, you, we're not going to pay that. So there needs to be, I'm disappointed with the strategy from Edu and the lack of execution because we've seen this before. We've seen this with the award deal. Um, we even saw this with Partey when it took him the whole summer to negotiate the Partey fee, it felt like, only to, and he couldn't negotiate in the end and then just had to pay the release clause. And that's how he got Partey. He nearly fumbled and fluffed that. Um, Rafinha spent a long time, um, you know, then decided, yeah, we're going to try and move to Pedro Neto then had doubts about that and reservations. And we're lucky, you know, because Neto has now gone and got another, an, an injury which has kept him out and we would have all been pissed. Um, but we needed a winger in the summer. Um, didn't operate in the summer. Now we're in January. And it looks like it's what we want to do. But in terms of who realistically is out there, we're all struggling in terms of finding uh, players of quality that we can get in for so, a reasonable so, so, so there's where, there's where I want to kind of play devil's advocate. Really, is like um, you mentioned there that there is that that, that that does seem to be like I don't know if there is a lack of quality, but there's there seems to be a you know a lack of confidence amongst the fan base, and of course it doesn't matter what the fan base thinks; it's about what the club thinks ultimately. Yeah, right? yeah. But yeah. there doesn't seem to be any any name out there that everyone's like, yeah, we need to go and get him, and yeah. I think. It's important that the club doesn't bow to fan pressure. If they don't believe yeah. someone is good enough, then maybe they shouldn't do it. I think maybe the issue is, is do we truly believe there isn't anyone good enough out there for us? Um, I, I think... don't believe that. Personally. I, don't believe that. Um, yeah. I, I definitely feel like there are players out there to get. Um, yeah. There are always players, and it's like I think you are. You're right. You're right. You're absolutely right. The club shouldn't bow to fan pressure. The club should follow their process. However, my expectation of what that process is is that you have a list of targets. There'll be players that the club's tracking. Like I, I fail to believe that the only wide players that we have analysis on. Uh, is Modric, you know, analysis and 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 the, the only wide player that was on our um, shortlist was Modric. I fail to believe that. I don't believe that. You know, there's got to be players that we've looked at, um, players that we've had doubts about, absolutely disregard them, discard, there's no point. But they've got to be players that we looked at and we said, this is our primary, this is our secondary, this is someone that, you know, and, 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 and things happen all the time. It's like, a, you know, moving pieces. Things happen all the time. So Mudrish is no longer available. Or, you know, we scouted this player extensively, but actually... Isn't that what we're doing, though? Space. 
Yeah, so and that's it. And maybe what it is is that I'm talking from a position of not knowing the targets or not having confidence about the targets who have come. It's forward. difficult so to talk about something. Yeah, exactly. it's difficult. It's difficult exactly. to talk about something so comprehensively where it's, we know five percent of so what's going on. Absolutely, absolutely. And you're right. And this is me talking as a passionate fan, saying that actually mm. I'm frustrated. Um, we need to wait until the windows closed in. Uh, ultimately to make a, a determination and to and and to give a objective appraisal of edu um mm. because i'm talking about my frustrations with edu right now as we stand on what the 18th of jan he might come good he might he might um you know he might pull something out the bag and turn around and um, you know land us a a player that actually comes in and is impactful but um, we need bodies in, man. We need bodies in and we need options because I think it's negligent to A, see us in this position for two Januaries in a row. Um, last January, the impact, I believe, was us missing out on the top four. That was the impact of our inaction. Um, this January, I believe the impact of our inaction um, is likely to see us miss out on the title and again it gives me shades of the season when Leicester won when we were top and didn't strengthen in the winter window save for who did we buy didn't buy an outfield player who did we buy check we bought check did we get check I don't yeah. know is that the season we, that, I'm trying to the season where Leicester won it basically but we were mm. top and we needed reinforcements oh what in the window in the in, yeah, the, in the January we, window we needed reinforcements and we didn't and um mm. And ultimately, yeah, ultimately, Leicester won the, the league title, and you know, credit to Leicester, but you know, it it should not have happened. But um, yeah, we fluffed our lines, we fluffed our lines, and so we've got reference points about this, we've got evidence base about this. I don't want to see this happen again. Really, we're in a as good a position as we we will be in in a long time, in my view, and we're ahead of our schedule. So we've got to make the most of it, man. <coughs> yeah, for sure. Um... I was just checking the the transfers for <coughs> that 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 season they talk about. Fifteen, sixteen, they won it, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We didn't sign anyone. Yeah, <coughs> we signed Petr Cech in the summer, and that was it. Oh, oh no, no, that was it. no. We got we got El Nenny. We got El Nenny in Jan. Oh, that was it. That was it. So I think we yeah. we we really needed um, some stronger reinforcements. Yeah, and yeah, man, it was just a disappoint. It was disappointing. Okay, I'm going to do some quick fire questions um, mm. just to round us up. So, S O S H G N, he asked, "Do we have to throw the cup competitions if Edu doesn't get his act together?" So, in the event that we don't sign anyone, um, which I think is a realistic possibility at this point, um, I think we have to accept that as the fan base that that is a very realistic scenario. I'm not getting bent out of shape about it. Um, Although, I, as much as I would love two signings, I think we need two signings, if I'm being really honest. Oh, absolutely. Um, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but if it, if we don't sign anyone, do you think do you think we need to just knock the cup competition on leg? Because personally, absolutely. I mean, I think we need to... Uh, the Europa League for oh, me absolutely. is... Absolutely. Um, the, I mean, I hate the Europa League as a competition just because of the scheduling. Um you know, we we um, we've got the FA Cup and we've got the Europa. I just play the kids, literally, play the kids. Like mm -hmm. I don't want to see any first teamers make the trip 
Um, I don't care about undermining the integrity of the competition. Um, just that's it. Let them play. If they, if they, if they, if they yeah, let them play. That's it. Like if they, if they play well and you know they go again, then they go again. They get another run out. But um, if not, then we're out. And it is what it is. We can focus on the league. My priority this season is the league, man. It is the league, and this is me on record saying it now because I, I I fully believe. For a long time, I was like believe. Champions League but you know the position that we're in there's still a long way to go but we're capable I think the first 11 is capable if fit of winning the league title this season so yes throw the cups prioritise the league if we don't bring anyone in definitely Fair enough um, Jojo Tech he says uh, after the Mudrick fiasco would you take Zaha on a two year deal given our lack of forward depth I mean I watched Zaha tonight and he looks a shadow of what he used to be. And I saw Ericsson beat him in a foot race. So for me, it's an absolute no-no because he'd be... How old is Zaha now? 28, 29? 29. 29. 29. I, think I think he's in his 30th birthday. Yeah. Right. yeah. And and I know if he's... If he's if this is going to be like... This will be his last big contract. Um, So he'd be looking for minimum three to four years contract. Um I'm not touching it with a barge pole. I'm not, I'm not taking Zaha. I love I, I really love the player that Zaha is, but um yeah no nah, I'm not I'm not uh, that yeah. that that's not the type of business that represents where the direction that we want to be moving in as a club right now. So mm -hmm. no uh, Ords first, he asks, are you a little concerned that we're not looking for a backup DM? We bidded for Douglas Louise in the summer, got rejected and we're looking at, and we were looking at Danilo, who's now gone to Nottingham Forest and now nothing. I mean, yeah, I mean, I said we needed two signings. I think we need a forward and a centre midfielder. Um, for me, I, I, I did some like uh, research on like our record with and without Partey over the last two seasons. And our win percentage with party is 73%. Our win without party is 47%. Um, now, I know we're a better side this year and you know, there's all sorts of caveats to that. But the point is there is still such a monumental drop-off for when he's not playing. Mm. So do I think Douglas Lewis is the answer? No, no, I don't. Um <laughs> Uh, is I don't think we've missed not signing Doug Louise, Douglas Louise this this year at all. Um, but I do think we need someone in that centre midfield position, man. Um, I don't think I don't think the club will will do anything in that position this summer. I think they're probably at this this winter window. I think they're looking in the, at the summer for for a centre midfielder. Yeah. Um, it, there's been like rumours to Declan Rice. I'm sure we'll talk about that at some point. Maybe not today, but going forwards, you know, um, uh, about you know Declan Rice. But I, I'm, yeah. I'm, I am concerned. But especially now they're, they're saying that El Nenny has got an injury now as well. So it's does he? I was what I was just gonna say. I'm less concerned about DM. Um, I just think we need to bring a CM in um, because I, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of El Nenny. He's nothing like the player that party is, but you know you're going to get defensive security with um, 
El Nene. It, the, the question marks and the concerns about El Nene are more about his quality on the ball. He's simple on the ball. Um, you know, he's not reckless or wasteful in possession, but he's not expansive. He leaves a lot to be desired. However, I feel like some of the... Um, we're less solely reliant on Partey now that we've got Zinchenko. So I'd be less worried. But if you say El Nene's now got an injury, then, yeah, that is something to to, to factor in. Um but I do think that that's probably something that we um, is better to do in the summer because I think it's quite a specific requirement and a specific ask of a DM. Whereas probably a CM, an eight, someone who plays a bit higher up, maybe that's capable of covering that six, but um, primarily that we can see ourselves using and being in the team and challenging and pushing Shaka is someone that I'd be looking to bring in um, now in this window, so kind of to replace Shaka rather than Partey and then do the Partey business, um, understudy uh, competition in the summer. That's isn't, isn't, isn't the Xhaka role, though, the one that we've got the most cover for when you're, talking, when you're looking at Vieira, Emil Smith-Rowe, Lakonga? We've kind of we, got... I'll I, I keep it a buck. At this point in time, um, the, 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 there are question marks about all three of them. I think less so about Smith Rowe. So I'm more thinking of what the club think. Yeah, fair enough. I think less so about Smith Rowe. Lakonga, you know, I think the club look like there's, they're losing faith in Lakonga. And I think if we get a body in Lakonga, probably goes out on loan as well. Um, you know, I just, I, I think it's, it's, it's telling, like, you know, that he's not performed in, 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 in some games this season against opposition where he should perform. And it's telling as well that Arteta hasn't used him and brought him off the bench in games as well. Um, you know, he's, he seems like he's only used Lukonga when he's absolutely needed to. And I think there's not a lot of hope left for that boy. Um, Smith Rowe, yeah, you've got a point there. You've got a point to make a case. Uh, Dan, we've got German Dan's back. You back from uh, I don't know what you what you were up to, mate. But um, just give us. We were what? just talking about the 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 um, the transfer window and our lack of dealing so far. Uh, we haven't actually spoken about Mudrik yet. Um, well, Shab Shab spoke a little bit about in you know how disappointed he was in in Edu failing to execute. But do you want to just give us your thoughts so far on on how this transfer window has gone? Yeah, I definitely think this transfer window has been a disappointment so far. Um, absolutely. I mean, we have, and I think we said this last year when we had the opportunity to get top four, we have a unique opportunity to get, to get top, we had a unique opportunity to get top four last season. Strengthening the squad would have helped achieve that goal. The goal and um, the squad um, ultimately missed out, you know, marginally on top four. And now we have an even greater and, um, and also a unique opportunity to again strengthen to help the squad and the manager achieve, um, overachieve um, w- w- what we um, set out for the season. So um, to then see that we are linked with Jao Felix um, and um, Mikhailo Mudoik, who are two players are really right, and um, is evident, you know, from, you know, sort of, the 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 reports and I think I, I only listen ever to Ornstein and Fabrizio really I think Ornstein is probably the closest you you get to um you know good information on Arsenal Fabrizio has a good ear for general European football so you get good information from him overall but I think Arsenal specifically looking at Ornstein 
when Ornstein comes out and says they're looking at both of these players, then you believe it. Um, and to then see that we clearly prioritise Mudrig over Felix and basically let Chelsea have a free run at Felix um, make me think that there must be confidence of getting this deal done. Um, there are several things that disappoint me with the way this Mudrig deal has been conducted. Um, one is that the timeline. So from my understanding is that um, and this is also what the Shakhtar CEO has confirmed, is that Arsenal basically have been in contract with Modric since October, so personally in contact with the player, and have very easily and early, you know, agreed personal terms with the player. And then it took them quite a while to get, you know, negotiating with Shakhtar and finding common ground or even progressing these negotiations, you know. And I, I do understand that football transfers are complex and they can be very long-winded. But um, given our situation, Given the opportunity, there should have been, you know, increased urgency um, in regards to this transfer, helping the squad um, and, you know, strengthening the squad. And I just feel like, you know, from the outside looking in, of course, but it just seems like we absolutely got panned here by Chelsea. They are outstrategized us, they outmaneuvered us, um, and they outbid us. And, you know, in the end, they let, they landed the two players that we had looked at. And then both wanted to kind of, you know, one maybe aggressively, one maybe um, softly wanted to go for. They got both. And we so far have got zero new players. Um, and that is an, a damning indictment on um, the, 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 the people that at the club are doing the transfers. Yeah, there's no two ways about it. And um, we don't have to go overboard um, on this because they still have time to rectify those mistakes. They're clearly mistakes if you're looking to get two players in and you are on zero and both of those players have moved, then... To a team that's some... in 10th. Yeah, then there's something that's gone wrong. And, and you know, I get what people are saying on the, on the Mudrik valuation. If you kind of feel like, oh, this is too much money. The club didn't think it was too much money. The club went up to 95 million euros for this player. Yes, Chelsea's offer is a better financial offer, as in faster and earlier payments, um, more money up front, um, more favourable bonuses. So, you know, overall, Shakhtar are going to get mon the money faster. They're going to get the money more more guaranteed and, um, you know, more likely that they get up to the 110 or 100 and something more that they're offered. But we've made a very strong financial offer and we could have made that financial offer earlier, two months ago. Two yeah. months ago. I think that's the thing, right, is that, is that if we were talking to him since October, a serious... I don't want to say a serious club. We are a serious club. But I think someone who is more competent probably gets that done so the players in by January 1st. You know, um, we don't we don't let it get to this point where now Chelsea, where Todd Bowley hears of Mudrick's name in a in a Twitter space and then all of a sudden decides to go after him. You know, um, we, we don't get to that point. Um, but alas, it has happened. Um, I, I, did, did, Dan, I know you like really believed in Mudrick, and you, you, you know, you were well on board with that signing. Shabs, were you, were you similar? In terms of the, I really like the player. I really like the player. I had more doubts than um, than German Dan. German Dan's been privy to. Um, some data and some analysis. The, the, the analysis, that yeah. Us, that none of us have seen. Um, so, that, the, you know, that, 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 that packing data, yeah? 
that packing day. So that, that, that allows him to be more. That allows him to be more convinced. I even feel like I didn't want to say it because I even feel like that needs a pause. You guys are absolutely crazy. But I, I haven't worked out how or why yet. But um, yeah, German dance was that packing day, and I and was convinced. And me, mm. I just I haven't I haven't I haven't I haven't been privy to that data, so no. uh, but no. But I was uh, yeah, go. On. I was keen on I was keen on the player. Um, I, you know, I watched him in the Champions League. Um, I saw the impact that he had in those games even before we were linked with him. You know, we were we were chatting about him and saying, oh, actually, this guy looks electric." Um, like I said earlier, the fee concerns me. Um, if the club are convinced, I'm wonderful. I'm glad the club are convinced. To me personally, um, you know, if you pay that much on a player, it, it, you almost need to gar- be guaranteeing success for me to look at it and say, yeah, okay, cool. Um, you know, like we, we've seen what's happened with the likes of Jaden Sancho's and Anthony's and that those guys are absolute cheeks. So, you know, I don't, I don't want the same story. We've even seen it with Pepe, and I don't want the same story for us um, yeah. at all. So, yeah, yeah that's my reservation. Yeah, f- fair enough. I mean, I, just just on a personal note, I have never wanted a player to flop as much as I do Madrid at Chelsea, to be honest. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Wait, anyway, know. let's do some. Let, let's just quickly get through these questions because I want to wrap it up. I'm I'm actually really tired. Uh, Guna Extra, he says, thoughts on Nico Williams available for 43.7 million release clause. I watched him for Ghana. Uh, not for Ghana. No, that's his brother, isn't it? Inaki Williams. Boy. Where, Mr. Lewis. Did... Nico Williams plays for Spain, right? Space for Spain. Mr. Right. Lewis, you need, you need to start, you know, naming the black brothers. You know, <laughs> They're brothers, man. Fucking hell. Jesus. <laughs> Lewis, man. Lewis, man. Yeah, Lewis, man. There's still some looming Brexit it. charges. There's still some lingering Brexit charges. You know, I, haven't, I haven't seen much name. of. I haven't seen much of Nico. Um, I can't lie. I've seen a little bit of him. I ain't moving. Pause. Yeah, yeah. Shabs, yeah. I mean, he came on in the game, um, in the World Cup game where Spain were going out, in it. Mm. Yeah, he came on in the game. What? Who was it? Morocco? Who shocked them? Who slapped Spain? It was Morocco, wasn't it? I think it was Morocco. He was. He was also coming on, coming on against Japan. If I'm not. Came. It, it was Japan. Japan. Japan was the game where they went out. It was Japan. Yeah, he came on late in the game. Yeah, trying to make an impact. Again, maybe it was game state. I didn't really see nothing. I don't want to. You know, this is not an analysis of him. Um, but yeah, nah, nah, nah. That's not the kind of business. Um, no, they went. They went out to Morocco. Oh, so but they, they lost. To, they lost to Japan. Though, they they lost to Japan. to Japan. That was it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it was the Morocco game. I'm thinking about, and um, yeah, man. Like, no, nah, it's not. It's, it's not. It's not. It's, put, it's not put this way, we, we don't. We don't just want to sign someone that is like maybe good in a year or two, mm. or maybe decent. Which is why I was convinced about Mitrik. I think he could have had for us, and I don't know what's going to be like at Chelsea because that mm. situation over there is way, way different than to mm. us. I think for us, he could have had an instant impact. So I'm looking at players that we can sign that can have an instant impact, positive mm. impact. Um, yeah. And I don't know that that Williams guy. I'm not 100 percent convinced. He's not. It's not like he's light, lighting up the competition that he's playing in right now. I believe um, he's probably 
talented. There's no doubt about that. You wouldn't. You you're not you you're not completely bad if you're playing for Spain and you're like twenty twenty one years old. You must be good, but yeah, you know yeah. how good and how quickly can he make an impact for us? Because we have targets not just long term and medium term, also in the short term. So and that's that's the focus for the signings in Jan. Because if we want to, you know, buy someone for the future, we can do that in you know in in June. We want yeah. to buy someone that can do it for the future and right now. So. Yeah, uh, that's why. Okay. That's why he doesn't convince me. Yeah. Let me let me let me throw another uh, name into the ring. Uh, Yonko Ab says, "Does Diaby move you, Musa Diaby?" Reports reports Ab- today that we're apparently in in talks with him. Um, yeah, I'm gonna have to pause again, but that's something I could get behind. Okay. <laughs> okay. Why? What 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 um? I, I, with the RB, with the RB, I have some doubts as well. I said in the group, right? Technically, I think he can be a bit inconsistent, but he's electric and he can decide games. He can play both wings. He can play left, right. Um, he makes a lot of good runs in behind. He's good at dribbling. He will take on his man, and I've seen him over a longer period of time decide games. You know, impact games positively. Um, that's the signing I, I, I'm more on board with than you know someone that's just for how much? What's the most you'd go for him? Like is a hundred mil like out of the question? Like hundred mil is too much for me. I think um, I think we, we should be looking in the sixty seventy region for him ideally. Um, put it this way, yeah. Matoma, how many career goals has Matoma scored? <laughs> that guy's going to go for sixty five times. Diaby has scored way more goals than him. I think Mitoma's at like league, 10 many, goals or something like that. Even in, in the top five league, how many goals has Mitoma scored? He scored three Premier League goals and the Prem is the highest level that he's played at. Yeah. That's crazy, so, dog. That's crazy. £75 million for DRB for me. That's that's the, that's um, all in. All in. Um, you, you're doing that, the, Chaps? Yeah. That's okay. all in. That's, that's my top end valuation of him. Um, and that's considering <laughs> the winter window and um everything else as well that's 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 with add-ons and fee and Bundesliga tax that's the yeah yeah and the fact that they're squeezing us because they, they'll be trying to squeeze us knowing the position that we're in but mm. um if I couldn't if I could do a deal for less than 75 mil happy uh, not happy days but I'll take it yeah. now and walk away um cool. yeah I like him 1v1 I think he's he, he can he knows how to beat his players definitely and um I like the versatility in Pause. terms of being able to play off both sides. Yeah, like we're going crazy now. <laughs> yeah. Play off of both wings. I like that. Can DRB do that? Words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right wing, left wing. Okay, then I'm yeah. down for it. Then. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If he can play both wings, I'm, I'm, I'm all game. He definitely can play both wings. You could like, definitely, probably... yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's probably the most yeah. For all the players we've been linked with, he's probably the most capable of playing both things. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Done that. Okay. Underscore M four F seventy nine. Um. He asked, which forward option would you most like to sign as Jan? He says, for him, for me, it's Lindstrom. Shades of younger Muller, twenty million quality can pay across front three and still allow space for a marquee forward in the summer. Um. We've also got a question from Zambian Guna. Uh, John, he says, uh, what alternatives do we have for Mudrick? He said he's settled on um, Edwards. I'm assuming he means Marcus Edwards. 
Yeah. Um, Sporting. Lindstrom, Diaby and Williams. So we've obviously already spoken about Diaby and Williams. Uh, but what's your thoughts on Lindstrom and maybe a bit of a, uh, you know, Ed, Marcus Edwards. I've not, I've not seen that name pop up um, in people's uh, thoughts for a transfer. So uh, I like Lindstrom. Lindstrom for me is a, um, he's a good technician. He. Lindstrom's work for me stands out more in terms of what he does out of possession than when he's actually in possession, although he's very, very comfortable and technical with the ball. Um, he's got a high sprint intensity. He makes lots of runs. Um, he makes lots of, uh, of, of in-to-out runs and um, deep runs to stretch defences, to stretch plays. And, um, you know, he's been encouraging in the last couple of seasons, actually, for um, Eintracht. Frankfurt, I mean, they got to the, um, they, they actually, they won. They they, 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 they 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 won the whole thing. Yeah, they won. They won. They won. I was going to say they got to the finals. They won. Um, you know, he was a decisive player and kind of in terms of like their run in to win last season. Um, he's capable of scoring goals and he's capable of getting assists as well. He's, yeah, like you know, he's 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 someone that probably is going to add to the intensity in terms of pressing. But yeah, I don't think he's super great with the ball. He's not one v one threat, so he's someone that if we used him wide, it'd be more as a wide playmaker rather than a um, you know than someone who can go up against his man and 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 beat players. That's not something that I've really. Seen. In fact, I have. I've seen him do some kick and runs around some players as well in some comps as well. Um, so that's that's that with him. Um, I think it, I think there's a very achievable and probably a realistic price um, for him. I think I've read a figure of around twenty mil. Um, I think we could get this player for like less than thirty million euros. To be honest with you, all due respect to Frankfurt. I think they're still in Europa, so they'll probably be reluctant to let him go. He's one of their key attackers, but yeah, I think we could get him definitely. Um, Marcus Edwards, um, I think he's got he's going to cost a lot more money. I think he's got a release fee of like fifty five million euros, um, but still cheaper than what we've been prepared to pay elsewhere. I just don't believe that he's a genuine target for us, but he has looked promising in the Champions League and he's decided games. I'm not sure about how he's doing in the Portuguese league. He's not a player that I've been tracking um, apart from when we've been playing Champions League games, really. Apart from when they've been playing Champions League games. Um, yeah. But he's, yeah, I know he decided the game against Tottenham. Um, oh, definitely. Tottenham, it, yeah, yeah he, de he definitely decided. He's got nine um, goals this season in 26 games. So. Yeah, so that's a good return from a, from, 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 from a wide man, from a wide player. But... Um, yeah, I like him. He's small. He's very small. If I think he looks like five seven, five eight, something like that. But he's quick. He's only just joined Sporting Lisbon, hasn't he? He only joined them. Yeah, because he was at uh, Vitoria. He was at Gomes Gomes Gomes. Yeah, yeah. He was at Vitoria Gomes. So he's just joined them this summer. Mm. Um, so yeah, no, he joined them last last window in the winter oh, window. Yeah, su summer. No, no, no last year. Oh, last year. Okay, so he's been there for a year. So, um, yeah, I think he's got a 55 million euro release clause. I think it's, it's what I've read, I don't know how, how, how accurate it is. Um, yeah, that's right, 50 million euros. Yeah, yeah, oh no, that was at Vitor that was at Vittoria Gimmerish. I don't know if that's the same. Oh, it's not the same at here, sporting. 
So let's see, let's see if it did. But mm, and then and then there's Tottenham. Obviously, I don't think he made first team appearances for Tottenham. But obviously, I don't think he'd give a shit anyway. I don't think he'd he'd care. I think we might care. But um, yeah, but you maybe reckon not. the club would care? I don't know if we really, really want him. Yeah, but yeah, let's see. I've let's never see. seen his name mentioned. This is just this guy's um, John's yeah. his, his his personal opinion. Dan, uh, thoughts on Lindstrom? Lindstrom seems like a low risk move to get a, a plan that we probably have scouted quite a bit and mm. um, could potentially have an impact. I'm not super convinced he can have a strong positive impact, but I think he could be decent. Um, for twenty million, I'd be ready to take that risk. You know, um, yeah, for twenty million, I'd be ready to take a risk on Edwards. I think the fee's a bit high, um, a bit high for me. And what I like from a wide forward um, is one we run ability. I don't quite see it with him. I think he's a good player, no, no doubt. But um, I really want us to get someone that I believe is aggressive, especially when we're looking at fifty, sixty million. Someone that's aggressive and has the capability of beating my, um, players one when we've won. And um, with Lindstrom, I can kind of you know look past that. I see him beat people off the dribble and stuff like that. But for 20 million, you know, I don't mind taking that risk. It's not a big outlay. But when you're looking at 50, 60, you want more, um, mm. in my opinion. And I, even though I think Edwards is good, um, I think I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't give, go for him. I think Lindstrom is a good um, possibility. I think. Another one we should look at, Diaby, of course, and then also Ferran Torres on loan. I think for me, he's a good option. He's, a, yeah. he's only 23. I didn't. I think we we scouted him when he was at Valencia. So this is a player... Arteta probably knows him as well, right? Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised. He's Spanish. I'll tell Spanish. They don't know each other in football anyway. So, um, yeah. Yeah, fair enough. That's the one that makes the most sense to me is Ferran Torres. Loan. If it bangs, it bangs. If it don't, it don't. No, but Boston it sounds like he wants to stay at Barcelona, so... Oh, really? Then... Yeah. yeah. Uh, Wavy underscore 92, he says, what are all your number one targets for right-back? Do we need another right-back? I guess we're saying that that fresh need or we're in for him, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't know about that for me, but um, uh, what are your number one targets for right-back, midfield and wide-forward? So we've done the wide-forward. Um, and he says, how would you prioritise them over across this window in the summer? Um... Midfield, any? I know we've been linked heavily to Rice this week. Um, I've got another question here about Declan Rice from Khalil HT3. Says Declan Rice for 100 mil is giving me chest pains, but am I wrong? Would you be happy if Arsenal bought him at that price? And would that deal make you feel not? Would that deal make you feel better about maybe not investing in Jan? Um, no, it wouldn't. We need no. to. We need to do it's something with Jan. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> we need to win. Yeah. You, I don't care about summer business. I don't give a heck about summer business right now. I don't, exactly, I don't give a damn. If we, because people are saying, "Oh yeah, well the finances are actually there's underspend from this summer. There was funds available from summer gone because we wanted a winger. Then we had money. We didn't spend that money. So wanted Douglas Louise. Say it again. Wanted Douglas Louise. Yeah, we wanted Douglas Louise. We wanted Rafinha. We didn't. We didn't spend that money. If you think about it, we didn't spend that money. So that spend is in the in the in in the balance. If we win a league title, and or if we qualify for Champions League, whatever money is currently available to spend in the summer or might be made available will surely be increased. So we need to finish our breakfast first, man. We need to not play with our food 
and then have conversations about the business that we can do in the summer. Right, right, right. But as far as midfield targets, um, I don't like Definitely I have no rest. issue with rest. I have okay. no issue with rest at all. Um, you know, I'm not gonna go into rest too much. I'm sure we'll talk about that in other times, but I yeah, yeah, yeah. I think if Arteta wants him, there's a reason why and there's a plan that he'll have for him as well. Um, Rice also resembles there, there are shades of resemblance to the Ben White um move for me as well, where people are saying, Oh, really? Ben White, and then we're, we're all looking at Ben White now, and this is a player that you know has, has been absolutely phenomenal, whether he's played that center back or right back for us. So, that doesn't really bother me as long as the finance is right and we don't get into a bidding war. Um, I like Kudus as a more advanced midfielder mm. for us. We, the bottom line is that we can't do what Liverpool have done, we need to start. <coughs> In Partey and um, and Shaka, we need to start doing that. You know, we haven't done that. Now we tried to do that with Losonga. That chapter, we know how that chapter is going to end. And um, yeah, Kudus is one that for me, I think, can do a good job of of um, you know, and he can play kind of eight, ten, or nine as well. So I kind of I don't mind him, but I think like he makes sense for me in our midfield, especially in the way that we use. Um, Shaka, I can see him doing that role quite effectively for us, actually. Um, so I like him. There's a player for Sassuolo called David uh, or David Fratesi, who I've watched a bit more of. And um, actually, I'm quite fond of him. I know this is probably a less uh, realistic one, more idealistic one. Um, but um, I, quite, I just like him. I think he's a neat, tidy player. Um, you know, he's a bit of an all-action guy. He can play as a, 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 an advanced eight. He's from Roma, Roma's youth system. Roma trying to get him back. Um, Sassuolo probably are not going to keep hold of him. Um, he's different to Locatelli. He's not quite in that Locatelli mould. He's more, um, you know, get on the ball, progress play. He's a decent passer and um, he looks to kind of make things things happen. I think he could be another player um, that is a good facilitator, whether he remains at Sassuolo or ends up somewhere else. But yeah, I, I quite like the look of him. And um, and yeah, I've already said Declan Rice, I'm, I'm open to. Um, outsiders, Romeo Lavia, but I've got, because there's a, there's a quality player there in Lavia, but he's extremely young. Um, there isn't a big sample size or reference point um, for him. Um, I think he's capable of good performances, definitely. But to ask him to be understudy for Partey right now, mm, I think that's a, that, 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 that's, that's, that's big responsibility you're placing on his shoulders. Um, and also Patino's coming back as well. And I think, you know, Patino's going to have a say somehow in our squad next um, season. So, mm. yeah. German? I think um, Charles has mentioned some good names there. I would say Lavia um, intrigues me. However, um, I feel like midfield very important, you know, very important sort of skill or, um, you know, thing in midfield is availability. And um, at this moment in time, I think Lavia has been picking up injuries. I hope he can, you know, um, get his body right pause. And um, you know, get, you know, be, get a you know clean run of games, and then just become like um, a player that can consistently play. But and this is similar to what Renato Sanchez, who I thought was a quality player, just keeps picking up injuries. And when you're not available, it's not good. Um, imagine, I mean, look how look how well we're playing with party available. Um, we we haven't had this for 
you know, best part of since he's been at Arsenal. And then you have someone like Xhaka who's available every week, you know. If you have a player that's available every week, that's a, that's a great quality. Odegaard is available every week. Saka is available every week. Mm-hmm. I need that, you know, reliability. Um, and especially if you look in that big outlays. That's why I wouldn't take risks on players who have, um, you know, that injury history um, or look like they've been picking up injuries um, frequently. I would just wait and see how um, that develops over the years. And I think Lavia is one to watch. I wouldn't prioritise it because of the injuries. Same way, I didn't want to, didn't want Usman Dembele um, injuries. Uh, I don't, I don't want a good player. You know, always talking about oh, when he's back, when he's back, he should be playing. You know, that's that's how I look at it. So for midfield, I think Rice is an interesting and um, interesting proposition. And also, where would he fit? Would he fit as an eight? Would he fit as a six? Um, I think Rice has good qualities, and uh, I would, I'm not surprised, Mikel Teta. Uh, and they do probably want to move for him um, because they do value that Premier League experience. They do value physicality in the field. They do value players that are dual strong. Uh, and Rice has all those qualities. And I think there's definitely something coachable about Rice. About Rice. I think his passing is not that good right now. However, he can drive with the ball. He can run with the ball. Um, he's definitely good um, in the tackle and defensively. I think they'll probably look at him. I think we can we can teach and you know coach this guy. To, to become a really good player. Um, and I think Shabs makes a good point. It reminds me of the Ben White thing where people are saying, yeah, he's a good player. He's a good player, but it's too much money. And then yeah. he'll come and he'll probably be really good. Um, so, yeah. yeah. I, I don't want to give too many... Big difference between 100 mil and 50 mil, though. Facts. But um, I think one thing we've noticed with this, with this, with this, you know, recruitment strategy that we have now, we might be moving slow on some of these deals, but... They only go for players that absolutely want. Like they are not, they are not buying players that uh, haven't watched much or don't have a, no. you know, a profile and doesn't have the suitability for us. They're not doing that. So they are prepared to pay or over the odds for some of these players as well, just because they have identified and they have the right criteria. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if they do seventy, eighty on rise. To be honest, because they, if they have identified them, they will go in. Go and get them. They don't look at plans B's. They want the plan A's. Well, we thought that about two or three plan A's. We thought that about Madrid. So I can't wait to see Rice <laughs> playing for Chelsea next season. <laughs> yeah, honestly, we're we're definitely getting hijacked on this one. I'll tell you this right now. We yeah. definitely get hijacked. Mm. all right let's leave it there. Sorry, guys, if we didn't get through to your listeners' question, I really do apologise, but it is midnight. So please forgive us for for not getting them. We've gone for two hours. Fuck you know what we've been talking about lads um but yeah you, Shabs, you should have wrapped this up earlier earlier mate, i don't know Damn. i don't know what happened i don't know what happened i'm, I'm mad tired i've got to upload this now um shabs dan have a good have a good night's sleep um we didn't even talk about the united game coming up uh we're gonna have to we're gonna have to do a patreon piece i think uh, a preview or something like that just to um yeah just to just to get that done um but yeah guys thanks for listening and uh take it easy bless take it bless. Easy. it's got to 2-2 and we've still got more than half an hour to go and here's Ozil Lacazette Ozil go could have went left but it went right it could have went right but it went right
Network.